that's a great prayer, that you would be number one in our lives. In our singing, in our praying, in our giving, in our listening, in our sharing you with other people. Thank you so much that we can place you first. You can be the priority over all. That we would seek you first, your kingdom and your righteousness. You'll take care of us. For each person here today, they live that out. May they find joy in it. Now, speak to us through your word, as you have already, in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Alright, thank you, Derek and team. We appreciate that. Well done, man. Let's give them a hand. Cheer them on. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy just kind of stepping into Simon's shoes. He did a great job for us for six years. I'm so thankful for him being a part of our lives. We love our kids. They go to kids worship now and had that opportunity to be a part of each other's lives. What a privilege to be able to share with them in some special ways. So again, let me thank you for your send-off for Pastor Simon. And last Sunday, again, the Sunday school class, the Sunday school class did a great job. Again, you, you, there was only about eight pieces of cake left out of 439 pieces or something like that. Uh, you, you did a great job being a part of that. Uh, you're very generous, again, let me mention in your love offering. So, and that's just, uh, it's just one of the many reasons why I love you so. I'm so glad to be a part of your life and you a part of my life for 21 years now. What a, what a privilege it's been. Got another reason. Here's another reason I'm just so proud of you and I love you so much. This is the guys working on the garage out here. And uh, this is yesterday's work. Took a couple pictures while I was out there encouraging them on. Thank you to all of you who have worked really hard on the garage. You can't believe the work they've done. We've done all that work ourselves. Thank you so much. Just give those men a hand. Come on now. So have uh, you got some time? Uh, I imagine probably they'll maybe be working next week too. But thank you. Some, of the, some men were here every day this week, almost every day this week working on that. And so we appreciate it so, so much. And pretty soon we'll be able to bring the vans from our homes and park them in there and have everything in there. But great job, team. So proud of the work. We've been doing it now for about 25 years, working on that garage. So it seems to some of the men, uh, we have been working on it for a good, over a year now, working to get the plans together and it's coming together well. So another reason why I love you so much. So many of you being involved in the ministry here. Ministry partners, as we call them, sharing together, doing the work of the Lord, and then taking it outside our walls. So good job. Proud of you. Thank you so much. So we took a necessary detour from Proverbs last week to say goodbye to Pastor Simon and be a part of their lives. So we're going to hit back into Proverbs again today. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 4. So uh, you'd like to turn there in your Bible. If you don't have one, they're found right in front of you, your tablet, uh, your phone. You'll know some of these verses, probably some of them you have. Um, memorized. So Proverbs is this book full of short, pithy statements about wisdom. And so we want to look at those today in chapter 4, and we're going to work to get all the way through, and uh, we did this morning in the first service. So this is God's Word, so it's important to pay attention to it, as Solomon encourages us to do. Proverbs chapter 4. Hear, O sons, a father's instruction, and be attentive that you may gain insight. For I give you good precepts. Do not forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one on the side of my mother, he taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, wisdom, and she will keep you. Love her, and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom, and whatever you get, get insight. Prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Hear, my son, and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you the way of good, of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, 
You'll not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Don't enter the path of the wicked, and don't walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they, wicked people, cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They're robbed of sleep unless they've made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But, but, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. But the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Wisdom, as we've been talking about. Wisdom. Knowing the Lord's ways. Knowing the Lord's truths. And then living them out. We've been having a little bit of fun calling ourselves wise guys and wise gals, right? In the good way. But that's what we want to be. We want to be people who are skilled. We are experts at godly living. Not just getting by. Not just hoping. Not just kind of, well, you know, yeah, well, no. No, we want to go, this is the way to go. Because I know the way of wisdom. I have been with the Lord. And I, I'm seeking Him and I'm pursuing Him and walking with Him with everything I've got. What do we say? To love the Lord with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Be wise guys and wise gals to bring honor to him, to his name. I've given this to you before. My late brother-in-law was a musician. wrote it this way. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. It's so good. I want to want what you want, Lord. Let your desires be mine. That's a wise guy. That's a wise gal, somebody who's seeking the Lord, wanting Him to do His work and will in our lives. There are different words that Solomon uses here in Agur, chapter 30, Lemuel, chapter 31, and these Proverbs that are here. Different words that they use that communicate this aspect of wisdom. You'll see them as you read through there. You can circle them as you've gone through there. But insight, understanding, commandments, teaching, knowledge, and precepts. Those are some of the words that you'll see as you go through this book, as you read through it, as we go through it, and you read through it every day, going on the chapters that are before us. And so you'll see those words standing out to you. Somebody sent me this. Matter of fact, two people sent me this little thing that comes up. We are, we are, we are drowning in information, but starving for wisdom in our culture and our society. We're drowning, and if we have so much information everywhere we go, if you if you keep you know keep your head head going, and you're on your phone, or you're watching TV, or you listen to the radio, there's so much information out there. But we're so unwise in so many different ways. We need to be drowning in wisdom, and starving for information. Now, this theme of remembering and holding on to the truths and wisdom of God is prominent in the first seven chapters. We've been over this, but we'll briefly go through it. In chapter 1, verse 5, Solomon says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning. In chapter 1, verse 8, Hear your father's instruction. Don't forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 2, verse 1, Treasure up my commandments. Incline your ear, your heart to understanding. 3, 1, My son, don't forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. 5, 1, My son, be attentive to my wisdom. 6.20, my son, keep my father's commandments. 7.1, my son, keep my words and treasure up my commandments. And it's right here in chapter 4, verse 1. 
Hear, O sons, the Father's instruction, and be attentive, that you may gain insight, for I give you good precepts. Don't forsake my teaching. When I was a son with my father, tender, the only one in the sight of my mother, he said to me, taught me and said to me, let your heart hold fast my words. Keep my commandments and live. The steam of remembering, the steam of getting wisdom and then holding on to it is so prominent in this book. He's saying this kind of this way. If I've told you once, I've told you a million times. He said, I want, you to, I want you to hear what I'm saying with your ears and your eyes and your heart. I, I want it to go. I don't want it to go in one ear and out the other. I want you to really understand. I want you to get wisdom, but then I want you to hold on to it. To give it everything you've got as you live it out. So in verse 5 and 7, he says, get wisdom. Get insight in verse 5. 7, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. And whatever you get, get insight. Other translations say this, though it costs all you have, get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get wisdom. It's that valuable for you. Well, how do we get wisdom? Well, we get wisdom by asking God for it. James chapter 1. If any of you lacks wisdom, I'll be a little bit different than up on the screen because this is how I memorized it. If any of you lacks wisdom, do what? Ask God for it. <laughs> and he'll give it to you generously without reproach. But let him ask in faith without any doubting. In other words, you go to God 24 times a day and ask for wisdom. And he's not going to go up there and go, got to give somebody else wisdom. Get away. Get away. Get away. Go. No, he's going to say, you want wisdom? I will give it to you just what you need. But ask in faith. God, you're going to give me wisdom. Matter of fact, I've even been taking that and going, God, you gave me wisdom. Thank you. Now I'm going to apply it. Because that's what he said. Ask in faith. Without any doubting. Don't be like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Double-minded man and stable in all his ways. He goes on to say there. Ask God, you will give it to me. Thank you for giving it to me. Just ask him. Ask him for it. This day, while you're listening to the sermon, what is the wisdom you need for the next step you need to take in your life? But then, we demonstrate that we have wisdom by obeying his commandment and the word of God. You, you might know this, this little story and little song. It's in Matthew chapter 7, at the end of the chapter. And Jesus is the Sermon on the Mount. He's given the Beatitudes. And he shared with them about seeking first and various to, to, important topics to follow. And he says this. He says, the one who hears my words and then obeys them, he is like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. Wise man built his house upon the rock, and the rains came to tumble them down. And what happened when the rains came down? The house on the rock stood firm. Why? Because that man heard the words of God and then applied them to his life. He demonstrated he had wisdom by his obedience to the word of God. We're all called to be able to do that and to seek him. So what do we do to remember and to hold on and not forget or forsake the truths and the wisdom of God? Well, I've got some R's for you. I didn't have to look at the thesaurus to do that. These just came. How are we going to hold on to the truths of the Word of God? Well, first of all, we need to read them. That's a great start, right? Shake your head, yes. With me. There we go. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. You read. You replay, you re-engage, you reflect, you review, you ruminate, you repeat. Pretty good, huh? Yeah. you got to do those things. To be able to keep the Word of God right here, to get wisdom and to hold on to it, to know the truth of God, those are things you have to do. i got a few M's for you, too. you got to meditate, memorize, and matriculate the Word of God in your life. 
You got to put it into your heart. You got to put it, you got to read it, and then you got to go over it. You got to go over it. You got to go over it. That's why we're on our, what, third time reading Proverbs? Is that right? Yes? Yes. Okay, good. Just making sure you're with me. Okay. That's why we're going back over it. Why? Because you're going to see things this time that you didn't see last time. You're going to circle things this time that you didn't see last time. And you're going to go, oh, that's so cool. Thank you, Lord, for showing that. I appreciate that so much. I'm grateful for what you have shown. You see, if we, if we don't involve ourselves in those memory helps, whatever R's you choose or whatever M's you choose or whatever letter you want to put to it, what's going to happen is you're going to forget those. You're going to forsake them. You're going to walk away. Or you're going to water them down. Oh, well, you know, I know what our culture says. Culture, you know, 40 years ago, old-fashioned people that they were. Well, we're in 2022 now. We're in light. Things have changed. No. Yeah, they have, well, they have changed. That's true. But God hasn't. His commands haven't. His word hasn't. Why? Because God doesn't change, and he knows what's best for us. Why does he know that? Because he's God. Because he created us. And he knows these things will protect you. These things will guard you. These things will help you to follow me well, even if they're countercultural. Stay in the Word. Stay in the Word. Grow with the Word. So, you maybe have heard this a few times in our seven, eight sermons. How's your Proverbs reading going? Has anybody ever asked you that question? Every week this pastor gets up here and asks us that question. How's your Proverbs reading going? Good? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Some of you are still going, I haven't started yet. It's time to start. It's time to start. Yeah, I missed a couple days this week. Had to make up for it. Got on my phone, did the YouTube version, listened to it. It's amazing to me that I can get through the day, the whole day, maybe even studying, and I don't read the chapter. It's like, how could I, how could I miss that? Why do I have to do it at 9 o'clock at night? I just, why can't I just remember it early in the morning and just get it done, right? Well, I know the struggle there is with that, so just keep after it. You miss a day? Read it? Catch up? Go on to the next day. Stay with it. But share your stories with me, what God's teaching you. People have been doing that. Let me share some of the things that have come my way over the past couple of weeks. I was reminded to be able to do that. I was reminded looking at another sermon a while back. Um, we're looking for I spy God moments. I'd forgotten that term. Somebody had given that years to me I spy God moments. When we see God do something, we go, oh, yeah, God was involved in that. I recognize that. Well, that's the things that happened to me. Somebody's even going to mention that one of their deal. On 11-3, National Day of Prayer, a weekly blog, 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 whatever that word is, easy for me to say, it started with this, this verse, Proverbs 4:23. I get it, God. I spy you. You didn't have to add that verse in that blog, but you did for me, so I could put it into my sermon. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. You can hear various interpretations of that verse later. Somebody wrote me uh, around 11.7, about a week ago, said this, I am also seeing wisdom references in many other scriptures. Love it when we can connect one topic to so many books. Reading in different places in the Bible, we see something about Solomon, we see something about wisdom, we see something about Proverbs, and we say, oh, we're studying Proverbs. I spy God letting me see that because that's where we're at right now. In 11.10 in the Daily Bread, let's see, this is the 13th, so the 10th would have been Thursday, Wednesday, somewhere in there. Somebody wrote me and said, wouldn't you know there would be a devotional on wisdom this week? I always need a, quote, wisdom pep talk, unquote, in between your sermons. Isn't that just like God? <laughs> kind of sounded like me here lately, huh? That's what God does. And you put them there. These things come out to you. And all of a sudden, your mind is, is focused and it's thinking, oh, I'm looking for things about wisdom or being wise. No, but somebody else wrote me the next day. I was reading in Proverbs and got to thinking. We marked every occurrence of wisdom a while back. This lady was going through her, her book, her study of Proverbs. But isn't being wise having wisdom? Have you marked wise in your Bible? 
I wrote her back and said, yes, I have. A W, wisdom. It's in my Bible right here. Wisdom, wise. Put a W by it so it stands out to you. Circle it, whatever it takes. Your mind will pick up on these things. I circled in um, the Daily Bread, our little devotional thing. This week, I started circling wisdom and wise. I circled or Proverbs or Solomon 17 times in the devotionals in this book. I spy God. I don't know how many give me this week, but 17 times wisdom, Proverbs, Solomon, a verse from Proverbs was found in the devotionals here. Look in your devotionals, the various ones that you use. Circle it, because God is moving. He's showing you things that are valuable and really important to you. So as we look at this text back of the text, he says, when you get wisdom from God, he says, get wisdom, get insight, verse 5, and then he says, don't forget it. Don't leave home without it. If we were as careful to take wisdom with us as we are our cell phone when we leave home, we'd be far better off, wouldn't we? You've left your cell phone at home. Oh, I can't believe I left my phone at home. What am I going to do with myself for the next three days? Two hours, three minutes, right? We all know that. But if we were as careful to take wisdom with us and not forget it, think where we would be. We need to remember it, what God has taught us. And then he says in verse 6, when we get wisdom, don't forsake her. Again, the Hebrew word for wisdom is feminine. That's why it's her, and wisdom is she. Don't forsake her, and she will keep you. Don't walk away from wisdom. Don't be deceived by misinformation. Stay engaged and obedient. Our veterans would understand this. Don't go AWOL from wisdom. What's AWOL stand for, veterans? Okay. I'm just saying you this. You don't want to take an official leave from the wisdom, and you don't want to take an unofficial leave from wisdom. Don't go AWOL from wisdom. Don't forsake it. Don't go, oh, you know, it's all right. I don't need it right now. It's really not important. No. Stay with it. Get wisdom and hold on to it. There's a reward for holding on to wisdom. Verses 8 and 9. Prize her highly. She'll exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Prize wisdom. Put wisdom into your life. And it, she will exalt you. God will exalt you. You'll never be exalted by being foolish. Well, at least in God's eyes. Foolish being unwise. You'll never, you'll never be exalted in that. But you will be exalted if you will. We said a while back that, that we have to be humble to have wisdom. Humility is a part of having wisdom. What does he say in First Peter 5? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. He will exalt you. That's what we want. And the honor that comes from being a wise guy, a wise person. In God's eyes, He will honor you. So get and hold on to wisdom. Why? So you walk the path of wisdom. Get it. Get it. And then hold on to it so you can walk the path of wisdom, this wise walk with God. I told you we started off this sermon and we started the series and then numerous times I told you Proverbs is a book full of contrasts. Contrast after contrast. Da-da-da-da-da-da, but, da-da-da-da-da. This is the way to go, but don't go this way. It's a book full of it and that's in this passage right here beginning in verse 10. Hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. He's talking about a wise person here. The wise person is known for, I've taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. I, I, I put that together in saying that the wise person is known for the Lord's help throughout their life. Because I can't guarantee you that if you're a wise person, you're going to have lots of years. I'd like to, 
But it's, it's not guaranteed. The number of our days is determined by God. And there's lots of wise persons that God has deemed that they would take them to himself and they weren't 90 years old or 70 years old. They were young. But I can guarantee you this, if you'll be a wise person, you've got the chance to live longer. If you'll make good decisions about your health, you'll make good decisions about not getting involved in addictions, you'll make good decisions about making good decisions being around people in relationships, you've got a much better chance to live long than you do if you get involved in those things. He goes on in this passage, I think he says this, the wise person is known for the help the Lord gives him day by day. Look at what it says in 12. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Now, we know life isn't easy. It's difficult. It's hard. Even this week, probably some of you had some hard stuff happen to you. But the fact is, in the midst of that, God is with you. His help is with you on a day-by-day basis in what God wants to do in your life. The wise, guy is, the wise guy or gal is known for guarding wisdom in 13. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. The wise person is known in verse 14 and 15. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. The wise person is known for not walking in the way of evil. You probably noticed that. Let's see if I can Six times, five, six times, six times, he says in those verses, don't go the way of evil. Six times. Don't enter the path of the wicked. Second, do not walk in the way of the evil. Third, avoid it. Fourth, do not go on it. Fifth, turn away from it. And sixth, pass on. Do you think he's making a point? <laughs> Do you think he's saying you don't go that way? Be a wise person. Don't go the way of evil. I'm emphasizing this. I'm making sure that you know don't go that way. This is really, really important. It will not be good for you to go that way. And lastly, he says in verse 18, this is how you are. The path of the righteous... The wise guy, the wise gal, is like light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. Light. You'll be light to those around you. Jesus is the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. John 8, 12. He says, you'll be light. Around you, you'll be light to them. In your own life, you'll feel light if you're a wise guy. If you get wisdom and you hold on to wisdom, it'll help you walk this path. Of wisdom. Now, what he does now is our contrast. He said, this is the wise guy. This is the wise gal. Now, let me tell you about the unwise guy and the unwise gal as he gives to us in verse 16. For they cannot sleep unless they've done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. Wow. They can't even sleep because they haven't done wrong. That's a tough place to be. We would say, other times it says in here, your sleep will be sweet if you stay close to the Lord, right? But then in verse 17, he says, they eat the bread of wickedness, they drink the wine of violence. I think he's saying this, they're consumed with doing evil. They don't really eat it, it's a picture. They are consumed with doing, from nighttime to daytime to eating to being a part of life, drinking the wine of violence. That's who they are, that's who the evil person is. And it says of them in verse 19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Johnny Dash was giving this thought on Thursday morning men's group. He's talking about stumbling in the dark, not even knowing what you stumble about. You get up, if you got kids, and you get up and you walk and they're going somewhere in the middle of the night and you um, somehow step on a Lego. You didn't know it was there. But man, once you get there, you do know it's there. And these wicked people, these evil people, they don't even know what causes them to stumble. They just keep doing wickedness. And here's that contrast. The wise guy, wise gal, and the unwise, unwise gal. 
One is light and one is darkness. So the question that comes out of that, so what do you want to be known for? To be a wise guy and wise gal? Yes? Of course you do. That's why you're here. You want to be known for that. That you have the wisdom of God. You get wisdom and you hold on to wisdom so you can walk the path of wisdom. Eugene Peterson. I've been reading his biography with my wife at night, about two-thirds of the way through the book. and He's the one that wrote the message, translated the message, the current translation of that. Good, good, good. Reading his story, 30 years as pastor of our Christ the King Presbyterian Church in Maryland. Made a profound impact. Read a couple of his books from seminary. And an excellent writer. But he says this, and I think this is part of getting and holding on to wisdom, would mean this, walking that path. We want to have a long obedience in the same direction. That's a phrase that's been thrown throughout seminaries, throughout Bible colleges, because it's such a good description of us walking the path of wisdom. A long obedience the same direction. That's what we want. That's what you want in your marriage. That's what you want in your finances. That's what you want in your work. To honor God that there be a long obedience in the same direction. In your relationships, you would want that. And in your relationship to God, you would want that. That I would have a long obedience in the same direction. I would stay with it just as he tells us to do in this chapter. Don't forget it. Don't forsake it. Keep going on. Hold on to it. This is really important. Maybe it might even be found in our own mission statement that you have in the front of your bulletin. Living for Jesus, loving people, making disciples, changing the world. That's a good way to put a long obedience in the same direction. That's what we want to do. To live for Jesus. Make Him number one. We want to love people and care for them. And we, through that, we want them to become disciples of Jesus Christ. And then they become disciple makers so that we change the world through the power of God. My heart is troubled when I think about what we want to be known for. I still get a newspaper. I read it. I read other news feeds. My heart is heavy for Pueblo. My heart is heavy almost every day, or every three days, somebody, there's a homicide that takes place. My heart is heavy for that. What does that person want to be known for? Just because somebody dissed them a little bit, somebody didn't do something, or they upset them a little bit, and they go and they take a gun and they shoot somebody? And they spend 20 years in prison? And that's gonna, what they're going to be known for. My heart is heavy for that. But that's all around us. Not just in our city, but in other cities. You don't want to be known for that. My heart is heavy for Dr. Carhart. He's coming in to open an abortion clinic here. My heart is heavy for that. What is he known for? He's known for taking the lives of babies in the womb. Breaks my heart. But they can't see that this is taking of a life. The only people that are standing up for abortion are people that didn't get aborted. Aren't you glad your mom didn't abort you? Yeah. But why are we fighting for this? You know, there's difficult situations. God forgives. We've been through that. And we, we people have been. We understand that. I'm not trying to put it down. I'm just saying, my heart is heavy for that. That's what they're known for. We want to be known for protecting life and exalting life. That's God's life. God made that life possible. They're unwise. They're unwise. My 
Get wisdom. Hold on to wisdom so you can walk the path of wisdom. And now in verses 20 through 27, he gives us some ways to be able to do that, to think through what we can do to stay on that path of wisdom. He gives again. Don't forget it. He says in verse 20, My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your heart to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Don't forget them. Keep them within your heart for their life to those who find them and healing to their flesh. And then he goes on. He has four of them here. Keep your heart with all vigilance. Vigilance, that word. For from it flow the springs of life. Above all else, guard your heart. For it is the wellspring of life, is another translation. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. The National Day of Prayer a couple weeks ago, or just a couple days ago. Those who serve in all branches of the military know the importance of every piece of their uniform, gear, and weapons. Each piece is vital, this is, I'm quoting it, to guard, I saw that word go, that, that makes my sermon, 23, guard, it's three times, guard is three times in this chapter. And preserve a particular part of the body is used to fight and defend themselves from facing the enemy. Going into battle without the right protection is not only foolish, but deadly. And our veterans would know that. They could tell us that. Paul commands us to put on the armor of God. Why? So that we can fight off the flaming arrows of Satan. The fiery darts of Satan. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. I think he's saying kind of the same thing here. Psalm the same thing. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Your mind, your will, your intentions, your understanding, your emotions. When I read the National Day of Prayer, another one on 11.3, it said this. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Another translation. Another, be careful how you think, because your thoughts run your life. Boy, don't we know that. Guard your heart. Don't let somebody else get it. Let God have your heart. Psalm 119 says this, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not stray and wander from your commandments. In the next verse, you know this one. I have hidden your word in my heart that what? I might not sin against you. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me wander. Don't let me swerve from your commandments. I put your word in my heart. Why? So that I wouldn't sin against you. I'm guarding my heart so that I can follow you wholeheartedly. Guard your heart. We sang earlier. You sang with me. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. You're prominent. You're preeminent. You're the priority in my life. Reign and rule in my heart, Lord. Increase in us, we pray. Not decrease. Increase in us so we see more of you. Unveil why we're made. Come set our hearts ablaze with hope. Not just a little fire, man. A big fire within our heart about you. Like wildfire in our very souls. Holy Spirit, come invade us now. So what are you doing? What am I doing to, to counter the struggle with sin that we struggle with? Let me tell you this. Be careful how you think because your thoughts run your life. Guard your heart. He says, guard your mouth. In verse 24. Guard your mouth. Put away crooked speech and devious talk, he says. You see, your mouth will go where your thoughts are taking you. It was, it was pretty much unbelievable to me. That last Sunday, the GOAT of NFL football, after an incredibly exciting win, in the last minutes, last moments of the game, he walks into a press conference and he says these words. That was the word, next word is an F.
was awesome, but it wasn't that. Students, I know that's your world. I know it's all over. And I know it's in the workplace too. But for you students, please, don't go down that path. You are an unwise person to use language like that. It doesn't make you cool with God. It really doesn't make you cool with anybody else. Please, guard your mouth. I understand how hard it is. It's difficult. You know, they, those words got used when I was growing up. 95 years ago. And not like they're getting used today. One of my friends told, his, told me the other day, he said to his friend, man, if you didn't use that word, you wouldn't even have a vocabulary. And you know it. But that does not honor God. Here's what it says in Ephesians. Paul, he says this, Let no corrupting, unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, no crude joking, which are out of place. Don't be partners with them. Why? Because you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Say the words that Jesus would say. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John do not quote Jesus cursing. Speaking very candidly to people. They probably could have, if he would have. But he didn't. Why? He represented his father, and we represent him too. Now, maybe that's not a problem to you. It wasn't to me, literally, literally for years, but it's become a problem. Not using that word, okay? But other words that I shouldn't use. All of a sudden, you know, last five years, it's been a struggle. Like, this is weird. I think I said two bad words in high school. I can tell you the times I used them too. It just wasn't a problem. Man, all of a sudden now, it's starting to kind of gather to me. Guard your mouth, Scott. Guard your mouth. Now, maybe that's not a problem to you, but maybe, well, maybe I got another problem too. This is got confession time here. Man, I'm having a problem with complaining lately. Um, what month is this? November. And what is the month of November? It is no, it's complaining month. Did you know that? Well, in my world it is. I don't care about yours, but in my world, man, I'm having a problem with that. I told Lisa the other day, just really struggling with this. I don't want to be like that. I get convicted watching the Grief Share video on Thursday night. Going through that, as they just talked about thankfulness. Going through grief and find the things that you can be thankful for, even though it's a really hard journey. I kind of figured out, you know, um, Thankfulness is the opposite of complaining. I guess that's probably what I should be doing. So maybe that's not a problem to you either. But it is for me right now. Anytime you want to pray for me, you could pray that. Be honored. Could honor God in that. How am I going to do that? Well, I need to put the word into my life. I need to read Proverbs, keep reading Proverbs, and say, look at it. It says, guard your mouth. Don't let any devious speech come from you. Don't let any crooked speech come from you. And then he says in verse 25, guard your eyes. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Anyone here struggle with purity regarding their eyes? Yeah, none of the men raise their hands, but they probably should. Because for most of us, it's an issue. It is an issue for women too, but more likely an issue for men. We're very visual, we know that. He says, guard your eyes. Look straight ahead. Keep them on me. He could even say, keep them on the Father. That'll help you out there. Guard your eyes. You see what you need to see, the good things that you need to see, like the Word. Put yourself in the Word and honor Him that. We know the Internet ads, the sites, the commercials, movies, news feeds, you name it, and evil is out there for the looking. But maybe that's not a problem to you. But maybe, maybe you struggle with covetousness and it shows up in your eyes and you look and you see and you go, oh boy, I need to have that iPhone 14. I need to get it now because it's the newest, hottest thing I need to have in my back pocket. Covetousness. 
Oh, or maybe, um, maybe you have unforgiving eyes. You see that person, and man, you just give them the look that says, I don't like you. Guard your eyes. Put yourself in the Word. See, because your eyes will go where your thoughts are taking you. And the last thing, he says, guard your feet. Guard your feet. The paths that you're on. Where you go, he says, ponder this. Think about this. Where are your feet going? See, we sometimes have a tendency to go, well, yeah, I can get this close. My, my, you know, I'm not really doing it, but you know, my toes are over the line. That's a dangerous position to be at. Guard your feet in the paths you go. Think through the places you go. When it comes to sin, we need to be going backing up from it. We all know the struggle. Jesus knew the struggle. Since he's tempted in all areas as we are, yet without sin, he knows the struggle you have. He knows the struggle that I have. Job said this, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully at a young woman. And then he goes on, three verses later, he says this, Does he not see my ways and number all my steps? Yes, he does. And if we have that in our mind, that would help us. Lord, I can't do this because you're right here with me. You see it. That'd be a good deterrent to not doing what we should do. We all know that. We all know this struggle. Heart, our mouth, our eyes, and our feet. We know that. Daily Bread, just a few days ago. Let's see if I can find it again. Great. It's called Grasping God's Word. Man, it fits so well with my sermon. Get wisdom and hold on to wisdom. Grasp God's word. He says that about David as he uses lines of Hebrew poetry, as Solomon does in Proverbs. He traces how God's wisdom guides us through life and guides us, guards us against sin and error. He goes on, the author says, A firm grasp on the truth of scriptures, informed by God's spirit working in our hearts, keeps us from losing our way and helps us make decisions that honor God and others. The Bible warns us against wandering from God and shows us the way home. What does he say about your feet? Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Eugene Peterson's The Message, as I referred to him earlier, translates verse 23 and 27 this way. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out of both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies, and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Ignore all sideshow distractions. Watch your step, and the road will stretch out smooth before you. Look neither to the right or to the left. Leave evil in the dust. You got it pretty well. So as we finish up here, a little old song came to my mind this week. You can sing it with me. You probably know it. It says uh, something like this. Oh, be careful, little heart, what you think. Oh, be careful, little heart, what you think. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little heart, what you think. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Or mouth, okay? So be careful, little eyes, what you see. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. For the Father up above is looking down in love, so be careful, little feet, where you go. You know, the thing as I thought God thought about that song is the Father's looking down in love. It's a pretty significant statement. He's not looking down going like this at you. He's looking down in love to you. Because he loves you. But he wants you and he wants me to guard our heart. And to guard to guard our eyes and to guard our feet so that we can embrace
grace is love. Yes, He forgives. When we sin, we take it to Him. But what a better life to not have to keep asking forgiveness. Just doing the right thing that is good for us, that protects us, that guards us for just do what He has for us. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads right now and close your eyes as we finish. What is it you need to take to Him right now? The heart, the mouth, the eyes, the feet. Just take it to Him right now and say, God, I, I need your help. Because we're not doing this on our own. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. We have the Word of God to help us. We have the body of Christ to help us. Just take whatever it is and just be honest with Him. If you need to ask for forgiveness, then ask for forgiveness. Experience His forgiveness. And His pleasure. for being patient with us. Thank you for helping us. And this week, this day, we look forward to your help. We look forward to honoring you. Thank you for your word. so kind to do that. We appreciate it. Thank you for being here today. We look forward to what God's going to do in your life this week. Share those stories with me. All right. You're just